a 24-day countdown to stockings and presents. We don't think about Advent as first being about the second coming. After all, it's been two millennia since Christ was born, crucified, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit. And for 2,000 years, we've been living somewhere between forgetting about or fretting over His return. Today, let's discover that our part in the mission is to affirm for others that the news of Christ's coming is indeed good news to all who believe. Well, good morning to all of you. It is so good, and what a privilege it is to see some familiar faces as well as some new faces this morning and some new spots, because obviously some of y'all and disrupted the apple cart this morning, and uh, I hope that you can be joy-filled even if you're not in your spot <clears throat> within this in place, and, um, but we're, we're glad that you're here, and for those of you online, we can't see you, but we're glad that you're tuning in, and for those of you that are new this morning, if this is your first time with us, as I like to say, I want to say first of all, thank you. Because it's difficult sometimes to step into a new space with a bunch of people you don't know. Amen to that? And and the second thing I want to say to you is welcome. Welcome to the way. And we want you to know that you're always welcome here where we are committed to introducing people to Jesus by sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Now, a couple weeks ago, we entered into the Advent season and I opened us with a question. And that question was simply this. What are we preparing for? What are you preparing for? And, and, and as we began to reflect, we began to realize that Advent really isn't about looking back as much as it is looking forward. It's not about counting down, but about counting on the return of Christ Jesus because he has promised to come. And when he comes, it is going to be a glorious event. Can I get an amen to that? And, and we realized that the early church had a simple one word prayer for that. Maranatha. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. That's what they would pray in anticipation of his return. But as we draw near to Christmas, may we realize that the the good news, the great news of his return is rooted in the reality that he has already come. Amen? And so as we walk toward Christmas, and it's hard to believe that Christmas Eve is just a week away, we're going to turn from looking to Jesus in the clouds, as those early followers did, to Jesus in the cradle where we often like to go. And so as we do that today, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel. Chapter 1, if you've got a Bible handy or your Bible app handy, turn to chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading for us in verse 39. And this is Mary's visit to her distant cousin, Elizabeth. Hear God's word for us this morning. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me as we continue in worship this morning? Almighty God, I thank you for the privilege to enter into your presence this morning. Made possible because of your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I know that as we draw near here to that special day, that celebratory day of Christmas and the promise that's found within it, within your son. I know that there are those within the sound of my voice that this is a very difficult season of life. Grief, loneliness, despair. So God, I pray that you would meet each and every one of us wherever we are this morning relationally, wherever we are emotionally. God, that we would look to your word and that we'd find an inspiring word for ourselves because we'd find you. So, Lord Jesus, come. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. May your Holy Spirit be palpable today as we meditate upon your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and minds be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. And I ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's children said, Amen. 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 Well, I don't know about you, but if there's ever two women that had something to get together and talk about, it's Mary and Elizabeth. Can I get an amen to that? And and yet, this part of the story is perhaps the greatest story never told. Never told. And and what I mean by that is, think about Christmas pageants you go to. If you've read our daily devotions, you you realize that this has already been pointed out to us. It doesn't start with Zechariah and Elizabeth. It doesn't start with Mary's visit to Elizabeth. We want to race to the manger, don't we? We want to race to Bethlehem. Our focus so often is focused in on Mary and Joseph and those stinky shepherds and sheep gathered around peering in to the babe Jesus laying in a manger. But for Mary, it doesn't start with a manger in view. It starts with a messenger in view. Because if you look at just prior to what we read in Luke's gospel, what we find is that Gabriel... The same angel that appeared to Zechariah appears to Mary, and he's given her the lowdown that she's about to become the mother of the Son of the Most High. Now, could you imagine the look on her face in that moment? Could you imagine what's running through her mind? I have no clue what's going through her mind or, or on her face that day, but I imagine it would be an interesting thing to hear what's running around through her mind and what is being expressed on her face. And Gabriel goes on to give her assurance In this way, he says this, even Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Ever fail. Any of y'all ever seen Princess Bride? Are there any people in here that have seen it? You know the guy that goes, inconceivable. you, You know what I'm talking about? I mean, is, is that not kind of what's going on here? I mean, inconceivable, and yet Elizabeth is conceived with a child, no less. And, and Mary hears this news, and almost immediately after Gabriel leaves her, we find her rushing to go and visit Elizabeth. Only this isn't just hop in the car and drive down the street across town to hang out with a family friend. No, this This distance, if you look at it, from Nazareth to the hill country of Judea was some 70 to 90 miles, depending on where Zechariah's house was. This would take some three to five days for Mary, a teenager, no less, 
to trek through and over to Judea. And there was no texting ahead to give forewarning that she was coming. Mary came unannounced, barging into Zechariah's house to greet Elizabeth. This is the scene in which we get dropped into and what we read today. And what we find is two women face to face, two distant relatives in quite different seasons of life, and yet with one quite profound thing in common, expecting miraculously a child. Now, if you look at Elizabeth, what we realize is, and the scriptures reveal this, she's old. She's beyond childbearing age. And in many ways, she's been carrying around a sense of shame that was associated in that culture for not having bore a child and a son in particular. And in many ways, perhaps some of us know what that's like today because some of that is still perpetuated in our culture today. But now Elizabeth is carrying a child within her womb and a particular one at that. The one that that the angel Gabriel who, who spoke to Zachariah said that he would be the forerunner of the Messiah, the long-awaited one that would come and redeem all of Israel. The one that Zechariah was in disbelief about this pronouncement that Gabriel had brought to him, so much so that he was left speechless coming out of the temple. But you know, I think Elizabeth made up for it. I have no doubt, because what we find, if you look back a little bit, is that, that she is now elated and she's praising God, and get this, for removing what she saw as her disgrace. Not being able to bear a child. And then there's Mary, on the other hand. She's young, she's unwed, she's a virgin. She's pledged to be married to this man named Joseph, and Luke doesn't capture this, but we read it in our Advent reading. Daniel and Angela read for us today that Joseph was even questioning whether to stay engaged or to disengage from this engagement with her. The shame that Elizabeth would carry from having been barren is no match for the shame that Mary will now face as an unwed pregnant woman. Because in that day and time, the law dictated that she would be subject to being stoned to death. You see, neither expected to be with a child, and yet both are miraculously expecting with a child. Elizabeth carries the son who is called forth to prepare the way for the Lord, and there is Mary carrying the one that will come out declaring, I am the way. You talk about a holy gathering. I mean, this is like the first Wesleyan band, you know, where two or more are gathered. Jesus said he'll meet with you. I mean, literally, isn't that what's happening here between Mary and Elizabeth and Jesus? And what encounter, what unfolds in this encounter is nothing short of amazing. You see, upon entering Zachariah's home and greeting Elizabeth, Elizabeth doesn't need to hear anything else. <laughs> between John in her womb, leaping for joy, and the Holy Spirit coming down upon her, she begins to speak prophetically. She begins to speak promise over Mary. And if Mary had wanted to keep this on the low down, and I don't know about you, but an unwed uh, pregnant teenager woman, I think she might want to keep it on the low down. What we find is Elizabeth is speaking in a loud voice. And I want to read for us again what she said to Mary. She said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she, 
who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. You see, it's here that through the Holy Spirit at work in Elizabeth and through her unborn child that God begins to affirm for Mary the words of Gabriel that Gabriel had brought to her, that she indeed would be the mother of the very Son of God. Not only the Savior of her people, but the Savior of us all. Praise be to God. You see, it's here that Elizabeth is the first to proclaim the good news that Jesus has arrived. And it's here that we find John, in the womb no less, leaping for joy. The first to leap for joy. Reminiscent of David leaping for joy in the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant that returned to Israel centuries before. You know, if there was ever a moment in which you question whether God holds a high regard for humanity, including the unborn among us, you need not look any further than this encounter in which we find that God has become one of us, among us, for us, for you, for me, for all of humanity. And you see, no doubt, Mary needed to hear the words that the Spirit of God had put on Elizabeth's tongue to speak to her that day. Words of affirmation of the calling that God had put on her life and the amazing role she would play in the redemption of her people, really in the redemption of us all, God's mission to redeem us all. And Casey Colbreth is a a friend of mine. She she and I were in seminary together. She's a a musician and a a writer, and she's at a church down in, in Florida right now, and She puts it a whole lot better than I can, and I just want to read this in in one of her reflections. She said, Mary needs to hear these words. She needs a human voice, a woman's voice, an elder's voice to affirm the work of God in her life and to declare the validity of her experience. She needs someone who lives in the same world that she lives in, who fully understands that this pregnancy will cost her, to recognize the guiding hand of the Spirit in it all, and in spite of everything, to enthusiastically declare her blessed. Think about that for a moment. You know, I think we are a lot like Mary in the sense that we too need to hear a human voice at times, don't we? We too need to hear someone else speak into our life and to affirm what God's been already sowing in your life, what God's already birthing in your life. When I look back over my own life and I look about my own calling to ministry, it was a scary ordeal to walk away from a very secure job, to walk away from very good pay. And I knew that God was calling me to that. God had already spoken that over my life 20 some odd years before. I was slow. Y'all know that, right? I'm still a little slow at times. But it's, it's others, other followers, other faithful people like Elizabeth, like Mary, that spoke into my life, affirming in me the call that ha- God has on my life. And no doubt, I believe that the Christ in you wants to speak into the Christ in someone else, the calling that God has on your life in this season, no matter what kind of season you're going through. Many of us, it's a joyful season. For many others, it's a hard season. This is a challenging season. 
And I think we all would agree that we desire to, to hear someone declare that we are blessed. Can I get an amen to that? You know, speaking of blessed, Elizabeth speaks it three times over Mary. Blessed are you. Blessed is a child. And then he, she goes on, and the third time she says this, and I invite you to look back at it. It says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And in this third blessing, two things shift. First is the Greek word. If you look back at the first time, two times it's the same word, but the third time that she says blessed, she uses a different Greek word. It's a word called makarios. Say that with me. Makarios. Makarios. This is the very same word that Jesus will use in the greatest sermon he'll ever preach, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacekeepers. That blessed, that makarios is the word that is used. And for the men in the room, I want to put a plug in for you that the men's retreat's coming up. We go a week after the women's retreat. Women, there's a retreat for you too. But the men, we're going to be unpacking this word makarios, this blessedness that Jesus wants to speak over your life that Elizabeth is speaking over Mary's life here in this text. But there's something else that happens. You notice she begins with saying, blessed are you. But the third time she said, blessed is she. It goes from second person to third person. And I know some of y'all may not be English majors. Let me tell you, I wasn't, I probably still am not. Trisha could attest to that when she proves things I write. But going to seminary, I learned that you have to really pay attention to the language and you have to pay attention to the tense of words. And here, what we find in going third person is that this blessing is not simply just for Mary. This blessing is for each and every one of us. Blessed is she. Blessed is he who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her or to him. You see, God will fulfill the promises he's made to you. God will fulfill the promises that he's placed on your heart, the calling that he's placed on your heart, the life that he's calling you to. He will be faithful to the promise he's made to each and every one of you. And we need to look no further than his having come in the flesh, Christ Jesus, coming for you, coming for me, and coming for all of humanity. You see, we truly are blessed aren't we? We're blessed beyond all measure because we have a Savior. We have a God that won't just stay out there but wants to come in here and wants to come alongside you. Not just beside you but within you to give you new life, to remind you of forgiveness that you don't deserve and yet He offers to each and every one of us. To give us the promise of new life to give us the promise of joy in the midst of despair, to offer comfort in the midst of the grief that we might carry, to remind us that He's coming to make all things new. You see, for those of us that believe in Christ Jesus, we truly are blessed. Amen? And so what's our part in this? You know, our, our sermon series is entitled Advent Mission. It's God's mission to redeem the world. 
after we really chose to screw it all up in Genesis 3. God's redemptive mission is still at play and at hand in the coming of Christ and the promise of his return. But we have a role to play, just like Mary and Elizabeth had roles to play. You see, I think we're being called this season, this Advent season, to play the role of Elizabeth. To speak words of life over those that are experiencing a sense of death or loss. To speak joy, speak words of compassion where someone is experiencing great hurt. To speak words of forgiveness where perhaps we're carrying and harboring grudges. To speak joy where there may be a lack or despair. To, to speak into one another's lives. That's, that's what the church is called to do. The believer, the, the Christ in you, as we greeted one another, the Christ in me greets the Christ in you. And as a body of believers, that's what we're called to do, is to speak words of affirmation in one another's life. To affirm the calling that God has placed on your life. You see, that's what happens when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit just as the Holy Spirit took a hold of Elizabeth in that gathering there with Mary and took a hold of her, if you would allow and be open to move of the Holy Spirit in you, well, you could speak words of affirmation just like Elizabeth did to affirm the calling that was on Mary's life. What a high and noble calling Mary had, amen? But each of you have a high and noble calling too. Each of us do. And as we journey toward Advent culminating in Christmas, when I look out, many, if not all of you, already know Jesus. And perhaps you need to hear those words of comfort anew today. But I pray this sanctuary is going to be slapped full of people. Many who have not been in a worship service in a long time. Perhaps some have never been there. Would you allow the Christ in you to speak into their life too? That's the mission. That's the Advent mission. That's the invitation for each and every one of us that believes in Christ Jesus. Is to know that not only are the promises for us, that Christ makes for us true, but they're also true for those outside these doors that don't know him yet. Let's participate Let's not sit on the sidelines with a mission before us, God's mission. That is the mission before us. Can we do it, church? Let's do it, church. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this encounter between Elizabeth and Mary, two unlikely women experiencing a common and yet profound miracle, being found with child and not just any children. But children's a promise. And two, Lord, we are each a child of promise because of who you are. God, empower us individually, empower us as a family of faith to take on and allow the work of the Holy Spirit that we see evident in Elizabeth to speak into not only one another, but the other. For God, we, we exist for the sake of the other.
you came for the sake of the other. Help us to be mindful that this Advent season, that we have a mission before us. And it's not to dote at a cradle, the babe swaddling there. That is beautiful. It is miraculous. And it is something for us to ponder, much like Mary did. But we have a much more active role. We're invited to be a part of your redemptive mission to the entire world. So God, empower us to speak. Give us the openness and the boldness to speak into each and every life we encounter this week. Help us to invite them in to the promise found in a manger and promising to return in the clouds. Your son, Jesus Christ, for he truly is the reason for the season. I ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Amen.